You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. From the depths of pop culture rises a beast of unimaginable obsession to wreak havoc on the podcasts of man. This is the Giganticast. <laughs> So, Morgan. So, Matthew. <laughs> One of the advantages of being stuck inside is you get to go through all these home media, these movies and DVDs and stuff. Home media? Home media. The videotapes. <laughs> you know. Good old Betamax. <laughs> home media is a word for it. You For stuff you watch at home. I have not heard that term since I last heard the term laser disc. <laughs> I hear laser disc all the time because I'm of friends with Paul Hanley. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to this very quick episode of the Giganticast. Uh, I'm Matt. And I'm Morgan. And we are reviewing the movie Bravestorm. You're welcome. <laughs> yep. We're going to talk about it. We definitely just watched it. <laughs> so, um, this was sort of a surprise, actually. Like, it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I remember this movie came out a couple of years ago. I should have done a little more... Um, a little more prep work before we got into this. But, we were um, just so eager. It's also well, so late. Yes. Uh, well, late for us. for us. We're on Daywalker schedule right now. Uh, so it's, um, so Brave Storm came out in 2017 originally. And I remember my friend Tomoya wanted to go see it with me because it was sort of like a, it's definitely an indie flick. Oh yeah. It has a feeling of that. And it's, and it's very much like... We are going to, uh, it's going to be have like a limited theatrical release. And unfortunately the timing didn't work out. We weren't able to go, but, uh, to give the broad strokes, Brave Storm is a remake of two 1970s tokusatsu television series. Uh, one being Silver Mask or Silver Common, uh, and the other being Super Robot Red Baron, uh, Red Baron is actually out on DVD in the States. I think Mill Creek put it out or something. Oh. Uh, we have it on DVD. Oh, God. I remember the, I remember the thing that was really weird about it was when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, this seems kind of fun. It's like a little, little robot show with robots in it. And it's like, but the robots, like, they're very stiff. Like, they're trying to hide at their actors in suits by just making the robots not very mobile. Oh, no. <laughs> and, um... And for some reason, I, if I remember correctly, Red Baron walks with like this beep, 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 like he's backing up, but just all the time. Oh God, why? It's really annoying. Is it a bug or a feature? We'll never know. <laughs> and um, I haven't seen Silver Common, although it might be available on Toei's new Tokusatsu channel that they just Toei just posted like fifty or sixty like. 50 or 60 individual series not the whole things but like the first episodes of each one and i think they're adding 
as they go. Oh my god. Yeah. And I don't know how to feel about that. I think there's only one common writer, and it's the Shin Common Writer movie from the eighties where instead of turning into a instead of turning into like, you know, Henshin and he like has like a suit sort of cyborg thing now, he just morphs into a cricket man. It's really quite awful. So anyway, this movie. So 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 Brave Storm is a remake of both of those properties that just kind of got mashed into one. And it mashed I, is a good word for yeah. this movie. Well, yes. cuz Silver Common, I mean the plot is basically the same. It's the it's it's like these five siblings and one of the the oldest of the siblings I think turns into Silver Mask to fight bad guys and protect the rest of his siblings. I don't know if the other siblings have superpowers. <laughs> But they do in this movie. They super do in it. Well, one of them does. Before I get too far into it, I did want to uh, say thank you to the um, distributor for, you know, I think it was Alliance uh, who sent us this. Uh, So thank you, Alliance. Thank you, Alliance. It was very kind of you. Um, And yeah, it sort of came, came out of nowhere. First note up top. This has an English dub. And Japanese, original Japanese audio, and no subtitles? Nope. There were no subtitles for the Japanese original audio. Which, I mean, if you like kind of cringy dubs, I guess this was up your alley. Uh, The dub is, I, I think it's serviceable. No, this dub is bad. Oh no. This I'm sorry, this dub is quite bad. Like <sighs> like it just it's almost edging up on the so bad it's good. Like almost. like I, like It's almost like it's too good. It's just not quite bad enough. <laughs> it's not bad enough to be to circle back around to good. It's just bad. Which is unfortunate. It is. Cuz I feel like everyone was really kind of giving it their all mm-hmm. in this. <laughs> But it, it, I'm sorry, it's just, it's bad. It's, it's, yeah, it's really unfortunate, because, like, some of the actors are really giving their all. Like, uh, the, the main, uh, voice actor, I, th- well, the main actor is Shinsuke, give us a load, Shus- Shinsuke Daito, um, but I don't know who his voice actor is, I can't seem to find it on the IMDb. There might be a reason for that. Aww. Yeah. Um, and then, but one thing I thought was really fun was, uh, we saw a familiar face from the Ultraman series. Uh, yes, Laiha. Laiha from Ultraman Jeed, and she is played by... Why is this so difficult? Why can't I just find ca- the cast? Uh, Chihiro Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Chihiro Yamamoto. She is so good. She's she's the best part of this movie. And she doesn't get to do much. She really it's insane that she doesn't get to do I mean, we'll we'll talk about it in a second, but yeah, she could yeah. have she could have maybe should have just been the main character. She probably yeah, I was gonna say she probably could have won this alien war single handedly. Yeah. But the general plot is again, it's this mashup of Silver Common and Super Robot Red Baron, where these siblings in the far future of 2050, so in 30 years, um, they 
are the descendants of this scientist who created the super technology, but he created, I guess he, he created it too late. And by the time he was sort of working on reverse engineering the alien technology to fight back against these aliens who invaded earth. Maybe we should have led with that. There was an alien invasion of earth. Oh, whatever. Um, they know, they know what kind of movie this is. Uh, yeah. By apparently one alien, (laughs) Yeah, like, I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was a story decision. I don't know if that was a budget decision, but apparently the entire planet was invaded and destroyed by one dude. Yeah, this one bug-eyed alien named the Kilgus, who is from the original Silver Common. uh, Oh, so the Kilgus is not his race, the name of his species? Like, the Kilgus is his name? Like, last name Kilgus, first name the? He's the the Kilgus. He's the (laughs) Kilgus. Last name Manticore, first name the. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and and um, I, and so the 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 siblings, at least three of them, go back in time with this time machine that they have, and they 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 John Connor it. They know fate, but what you make, and they are working to change the future. And of course, the oldest brother has the silver the silver mask suit and armor and stuff uh so yeah and and then they meet their not only do they meet their great-grandfather like great-great-grandfather or great-grandfather i think it's I think just, just, just grandfather i think they meet their they meet their grandfather yeah, it's just his grandfather yeah. it's only been like 32 years guess, into the future that is true so it's like their great-grandfather damn it their great damn it their grandfather yes uh who's for some reason, he they said he said, "Okay, I'll make your giant world saving robot, but on the condition that my dickhead brother be the one to pilot it." Yeah, it was weird. This guy, I I don't know. I think he's like, like maybe like OCD or something, because like he makes a promise to his like snot faced little brother when he's like three or something. <laughs> And the the little brother doesn't remember this because when you're three, what do you know? You don't remember anything. And so he he builds his entire life, <laughs> his entire life, because his little brother looked at his big brother when his big brother was making like little bionicle robots. <laughs> and his little brother said, oh, but what if they were big? And then he went, oh, what if they were big? And he built his entire adult life. <laughs> On building a big robot for his brother, who has no memory of asking for this. So, what I... I actually... So, a couple of times, I would back it up and switch it over to Japanese. And I feel like the Japanese acting was objectively better oh and would have no, sold it. No, it's actually, like... Like, the dub is just flat-out bad. <laughs> so sad. But, like, the overall... The overall movie is... is Spoiler alert, not great, but I found the actual Japanese acting when we were switching over to to, to give it a level of charm that it was mm-hmm. sorely missing in the English version that helped put it over, push it over from like a very middling, mm-hmm. mediocre kind of movie to at least something that had some soul. Mm-hmm. It felt like this was definitely made by people who enjoyed what they were doing oh, yes. and were having fun with it. Because this is a largely, as I understand it, largely made by Blast, which is a special effects house in Japan. They actually seem to specialize in CGI. Uh, the special effects were clearly the best parts of this movie. Like where that was, that's where their budget went, and you can tell. Right, and 
and that is sort of par for the course for something like this. Um, I don't know. I actually thought the production design and everything was very charming and fun. I liked, there was some practical effects stuff. Um, I wish that they had figured out a little something different to do with the Kilgis because the Kilgis is a really cool design. It's just, it's clearly a rod controlled puppet with somebody controlling it in like a green screen suit yeah, and moving its, his little arms and legs and stuff. But it's like they didn't extend it long enough or something, so it looks very unnatural and very awkward. I think my main problem with it is because it's the rod-controlled puppet, it has this weird weightlessness to the way that it moves. Hmm. So it doesn't seem threatening. But if you can't make a, a creepy monster threatening, then you need to really fixate on the creepy aspect of it. Because they could have done something very interesting with the rod puppet style to make the way that it moved very insect-like, very, right. very creepy. But instead, it's just a humanoid shape, but it's like this little stick bug body. Yeah. So he just kind of moves like a little... He moves too much like a, a stiff puppet. And yeah. that's unfortunate because it doesn't have any personality or character in it. No. The design is really cool, though. Like, yeah. It's very gross-looking. It's mm. very insect-like. It has these horrible pustule eyes, and it has actual hair on its little head. Head, eyeballs, which, yeah. yeah. On its eyeballs, which make it Very super extra gross. Fly-like, yeah. Yes, but they didn't quite push that aesthetic enough for my, for my personal taste. Yeah, uh, I, I felt like, and there were a couple other fun practical effects, like the, the silver common suit is, I think, actually kind of cool, especially when they... And what's fun is they do both silver common suits, because he has, I think he has two suits in the original show. Mm. So they do, like, the first suit, which is based on how he originally looked, and then they do the secondary suit, which is based on a later suit. I can't tell if Super Common grows gigantic at some point. It was the 70s, it was Japan, he probably did. I mean, in the 70s, yeah. yeah. See, I thought the new suit was just an update they did for this movie, because it's very it's very modern. Well, they the color patterns they use, especially on the face, are very reminiscent of the version I found while Googling it. Ah. Uh, but, and then they have these, these suits for these... I think they call them tigresses or something. These tiger monster, tiger wolf pig monsters. Yeah, they're they're not great. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of again, they're cool monsters. They don't get to move a whole lot, unfortunately. Um, no, there's this one shot where there's like so apparently the tigress are are shape shifted and hidden in human form. Yeah. So at one point at the at the early part of the movie, there's like a half morphed one where it's just, yeah, it's just this dude yeah. with like part of his face is morphed in his hands. I thought that was much more successful because he could still, he still had a lot of freedom of movement and he could make it kind of creepy. But then when they transitioned to the full blown puppet, it has no articulation. It's just kind of like a bust sitting well, there. It, it it it's based on its movement and stuff. I think it is a suit, and I think they were just they didn't like the way it came out, so they decided to not film it. Even though, which is so interesting, because in most Japanese productions, they don't care <laughs> if a suit isn't totally convincing. They give it a lot of movement so that it can. It, it, it at least can do fun stuff and be fun to watch. Yeah, that but, was really surprising to me that they put as much design work as they did into the suit and into the the alien, the, the tigress thing, and then they never use it. Yeah, like... Uh, it's there once in the beginning mm -hmm. to kind of set off the whole, like, by the way, alien. BT-dubs aliens. Yes. 
And then it's there at the end for one fight scene, but it doesn't really fight. It shoots like laser guns. Lasers out of its arms is what it looks like. Like little, like out of its little hook arms. Yeah, and it doesn't move. It is hook hands. It's weird. It's a weird choice. Yeah, and then there's like, there's the cyborg guy. There's a couple of cyborgs aliens have too. Oh, that's right. Like Mandor hand hook car door. (laughs) And uh, he's uh, he's got a hook hand. I forgot all about the cyborgs. They don't really talk about the cyborgs. Yeah, the cyborgs kind of come and go come and go i wonder if that was a reference or not but i mean it must have been i mean you can it it really comes across that this is a movie that like already like a a movie of a series is already going to be condensed but this is a crossover mashup of two series Mm -hmm. so it the opening crawl is insane because it feels like you've already missed two-thirds of the movie that the opening crawl is like, by the way, here's all the context. And you're like, wait, no, that sounds amazing. Are we getting dropped into like the middle of the final fight scene? And that's all that we res. get to see. Yeah. It's a similar issue to like, you know, Pacific Rim. Although personally, I felt like Pacific Rim actually picked it up and ran with it a little more aggressively. Then again, I mean, considering the budget and everything, I sort of get it. It's like they're fighting their own budget and they're having to like, I mean, the whole thing is basically a big demo reel for Blast, which... It, it, you guys should check out Blast on YouTube. They do um, uh, they do some short films. I think they actually did a little series that they kickstarted or something that's kind of about a, a mech suit. But the um, the thing that I really liked is uh, um, the 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 thing I really want to talk about when it comes to comes to Blast is their uh, Zatoichi versus the Predator short film that's on. Oh my god, that was them. That was them. Yeah. Oh, but that's amazing. Yeah, that that short film is my favorite Predator sequel, and it's an unofficial fan film from Japan. It's really good. Isn't Laiha in that one, too? I'm not sure. No, I'm pretty sure that's her. We'd have to go back and check, but... I'm pretty sure... That, oh, is she, like, their go-to gal? Because I'm on board for that. I, I don't... Because the only lady character I remember in the ZVP short is the the princess yeah i think that was her i gotta go back and look i gotta go back and look uh but yeah her she gets one really amazing fight scene and she has all these powers she's like super psychic girl so she can she can read other people's memories she can project memories directly into their brain she states this with words twice directly into your brain in the english dub (laughs) She can communicate telepathically over long distances. And then later during one of the, the high intensity fight scenes of the movie, we find out, oh, she can also teleport. Yeah, she can teleport. She's she can got teleport a sword. herself and others over insanely long distances. And then after she teleports, she whips out this badass sword and has a badass fight scene because she's a badass fight lady. And I'm just like, <laughs> she's better than all. Everybody else in this movie. Why isn't she the main character? I don't. I like all we've got is her older brother who has a power suit and a huge chip on his shoulder. The middle brother who has I don't know snark. He's tech. He's tech, he's tech oriented. He's, tech oriented snark guy. He does machines. He does machines. And then there's like the 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 chufi protagonist coon who's just like. <laughs> Who's just mad all the time. Yeah, who's like, he's like, my bro- I told my brother when I was three I wanted a robot, and now I have one. Oh no, what do I do? Get in the robot, Shinji. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing, we haven't really even talked about the robots, because, like, 
there's two giant robots in this. And, you know, one is Red Baron, the other one is Black Baron. And I think Black Baron is from the original Red Baron? I'm not sure. I was looking it up and I couldn't find it. it. Isn't Red Baron from the original Red Baron? Red Baron is from the original Red Baron, obviously. Uh, I wanted to make sure. I know. Although it seems like most of the story is based on Silver Common and not much based on Red Baron. Because Red Baron is a little more like... uh, Although at one point the scientist who creates Red Baron is kidnapped. And that is the main plot thrust of Super Robot Red Baron. Anyway... The CG on the robots is pretty good. It actually is very high quality. Yeah, there's there's some cool destruction scenes, some cool smoke effects. I believe there is a special effects demo reel on this disc, which Ooh. is kind of fun. Um, and yeah, it, it's... But again, like, the whole thing is just kind of thrown together, and a lot of things are rushed. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was going to say... Uh, I've just I've just got to talk a little bit more about the terrible English dub. Okay, please. So there's um, one of the I guess one of the main characters is uh, is scientist man. So, yes. So he he is the grandfather of the three time traveling siblings. Uh huh. And his dub is just amazingly poor. Like. <sighs> Like the like, he's the only one edging up on the so bad it's good. Which I think he's actually kind of a uh, a good the actor. The actual Japanese actor is actually pretty good. Like the few scenes I watched with his dialogue, I actually liked his delivery. Oh yeah, but in the English dub, I don't know. He, he's like he, he well, he's, he's very he's, like, he's very nasally. He's like Koji, you what? have to help us. Well, it's not that. It's the delivery. It's like it's like monotone or maybe like psychopathic almost like. He's ah he's, he's he just has almost no inflection or emotion in any of his deliveries and it gets really weird cuz he's supposed to be this phenomenal scientist who invents all of this phenomenal tech and then into his living room port three children <laughs> like out of thin air and he's just kind of very calm and looking at them and he's like what are you doing here? And they're like, we're from the future. He's like, that's not real. And I'm like, they just materialized <laughs> in your living room. Oh, God. Yeah, well, yeah, that was, he's, he's, yeah, the voice actor they got for him, I don't think it was somebody who was an actor, unfortunately. It might have been somebody. Well, I don't know about that, but it, well, it just. It hap- sorry. It does happen sometimes in certain dubs. They actually will just get staff and just have them record their lines. So I don't know. I mean, maybe. But yeah, it just... Uh, but I was like, looking, how, do you, how do you know this? How do you know? We're from the future. What? No. <laughs> I was looking up uh, Junya Okabe, the director, and I think he's also the writer and the producer. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, he's actually got a very interesting pedigree. Uh Early, uh, back in 2002, he was the CG movie producer in Panzer Dragoon Orda. He was also MAPS graphics producer for Tales of Symphonia. He was an effects supervisor on Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy Legends, the one where Zero first shows up. Zettle. Uh, let's see here, some other stuff. Um... 
Whoa, okay. Well, he directed something called... He was the effects supervisor on something called Shaolin Girl. Oh, he was on Godzilla vs. Biollante. That's interesting. Ooh. Uh, for di other directing stuff, he... He's currently... Oh, he did a, uh, a, a show called Blader back in 2019, which was, I think, the thing that they crowdfunded. Um... Oh, he directed Dark Soldier D. I remember that show back in like 1998, 1999. They put it out on DVD in the States and it's kind of like this, but more violent and more messed up. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that says a lot. It's, it's, it's clear that one of his goals is to do CGI work in Japan, which is a difficult position to be in because... A lot of Japanese productions don't have the money to throw at CGI the way that American studios do, which is mm. why it took so long for the Japanese to start transitioning out of traditional tokusatsu, which, you know me, I'm like, no, don't, don't. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, I think we've about run this into the ground. Wow. This is a short episode. <laughs> I mean, we could talk a little bit more. How about when? <laughs> how about when Scientist Man got kidnapped? Oh and yeah! And then he showed up in Black Baron, in the dick. Yeah, he's just in the dick for some he reason. He was just like like some of the plating fell away from the dick, <laughs> and then there he is. He's sitting in it, and I guess that's where the pilot seat is. Because I mean, why wouldn't you put it in the dangly part? Your pilot in the dick. The dick. The dick. But then, so that was supposed to be the tension of mm -hmm. the battle. Mm -hmm. Where, because you've got little brother piloting big, big bear, red baron. Yeah. And then you've big got baron. kidnapped, brainwashed, scientist man, older brother piloting black baron in the dick. <laughs> Except almost immediately, and by that I mean within 45 seconds, it's uncovered by teleporting psychic girl, who again, should be the Spoilers, main by character. The way, I guess. <laughs> she finds actual kidnapped scientist man in a cave. So it's not even really him piloting in the dick. It's the enemy. It's the enemy alien Kilgris. And I'm like, well, they already needed to kill both that alien and the big robot. Now you've put them both in the same place. It's definitely the kind of movie that I guess it just doesn't want you to think that hard. And it wants you to go along with the ride and be like, oh, okay, now the robot can do its thing and blow up the other robot. And then it does. Next time on Robot. Um. <laughs> next time on Robots. Yeah. They actually do end it that way, though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to get too much further in the spoiler. I mean, we already have, but it, there is a, there's a weird stinger at the end where it's like, and I'm pretty sure, as we discussed, um, I'm pretty sure that is a, um, one of the original actors or like a veteran actor who shows up. It's a weird, like, like, basically, I, and then that's what I screamed when the movie was over. I was like, oh, no, we stopped the alien invasion, but we made robot jocks. <laughs> Which, like, means that countries are going to fight over territory using robots. I thought that was G-Gundam. The same thing. <laughs> that may have been where they got the idea. Maybe. Anyway. Whichever one came first. I don't know. Um, wait, was G-Gundam or the jock? Was the chicken or the egg? <laughs> Okay, we're both tired. 
so I'm going to give this... Actually, why don't you give your rating first? <laughs> I, I can't... I can't really recommend this as a movie. <laughs> like if you're if you're into this genre, just I mean you'll like it. Just watch it. Uh, if <laughs> you it. if you're if you're not super concerned about the actual story or the dialogue that's happening, I highly recommend the original Japanese version over the English dub. It just needs subtitles. <laughs> it just it just needs subtitles. Um, yeah. Overall, like. I feel like all of the actors were having a good time. It had it had a certain level of charm to it. It it is completely lacking on any kind of stakes or tension <laughs> or cohesive development oh. or structure. But other than that, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's pretty to look at. the The costumes are good. It feels. You can you can see where the budget didn't stretch. You can see the strings. You can see the duct tape behind the scenes holding it all together. Yeah. But again, it wasn't bad. It was a very it was a very quick, uh, digestible film. Uh huh. And if you're into tokusatsu, you're into giant robots, you're into this kind of Japanese cinema. Give it a watch. You probably won't remember it, but you'll <laughs> enjoy it while you're watching it. What's your rating, though? Oh shit. Uh. <laughs> Gotta do the one of us style. I'm gonna give this five dick pilots out of ten. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I agree with a lot of your sentiment. I think I'm a little easier on it because I I like this stuff a lot, and I also um I've seen bigger budgeted like remake adaptations. That's a fair point. I I that, should be giving it maybe a little bit more credit for it being an indie film and doing what they could with the property. Well, that was what I was going to say, was I've seen bigger budgeted remakes like this from Japan that are considerably worse. I saw the uh, live-action Gacha Man movie from a couple years back, and that movie is... It starts off really strong because there's a full-on invasion and there's an evil ball robot made out of spikes and then the gotcha men show up and they have really cool suits and everything and then the rest of the movie i don't think you see any action sequences until the very end and it's this like weird espionage plot it was really i did not care for it so you know what? It, it, it if you're gonna make a mashup of two tokusatsu shows from the '70s, I guess you could do a hell of a lot worse. Uh, but yeah, so I'm gonna probably give this. I'm gonna give this a solid six out of ten. Oh dang! Random tokusatsu shows that got DVD releases a couple of years ago, and I still haven't watched. <laughs> Which is Red Baron, basically. and That is hella specific. Also, Iron King. I still haven't watched all of Iron King. And... I'm gonna stop. Yeah, this is not a catalog time for Matt Frank. I'm gonna make it catalog time. I can just list all of the stuff that I currently haven't watched and been needing to watch. Oh, God. 